Welcome to the Geek Teak Podcast, where this week, everything is marvelous. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beej. Aw, I'm marvelous. Yep, including you. Today, we're talking about Marvel stuff. It's the rare double feature main topic. I guess, is it really the main topic, if there's two of them? I, I guess, main topics. Yeah, we're going to skip geekery this week, because there's stuff to talk about. So, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 just came out, and I've been playing it a ton with my kids, and you've been playing it a ton, too. Um, yep. And I don't know if you got to play with Jennifer or not yet, but I know you've been playing the game. And then also, yeah. San Diego Comic-Con was this last week, and there were a ton of Marvel like MCU announcements. So, we want to talk about both of those, basically. Yeah, and it was one of those things where you and I were texting all weekend long about how we were playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and it was just like, yeah, this is what we have to talk about this week. And uh, then we started getting the MCU uh, announcements, and it was like, oh my my God, this is just everything tying together. So it just worked out that way where, man, I've and I've had a wonderful time this weekend with it all. That's the best part is that I haven't been burned out on comic books and Marvel this weekend. It's just made me want to invest further. Yeah, and it's rare that you and I are both playing the same game at the same time and we both have like mostly positive thoughts about it. I have a bunch yeah. of nitpicks for this game, but overall I'm really liking it. Yeah, the same same for me where it's not something that... It's not something that I think is I'm going to play for years like I have been Overwatch or something, but I'm having a really, really good time. But yeah, there are a lot of nitpicks with it that uh, I'm kind of just amazed that it got released this way. Yeah, we'll get to that, though. So I want to start off just by like Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. We'll get back around to the MCU. Um, but this game overall, it's well, OK, maybe before we start talking about it in depth, it's it's like a, a top down hack and slash beat em up game. Um, it's like four player all the time, whether or not you actually have co-op partners. So I have right. my kids. Um, you said you played a lot of the game single player, in which case I played all the game single player. Actually, okay. uh, Jennifer has been out of town all weekend long with her mom for her birthday. And then she's been uh, super busy. Actually, she was applying for a job the last couple of days and hasn't been able to sit down with me for it. Uh, so we're hoping tomorrow night that we're going to be able to actually sit down and play it together. So I've done nothing but the solo campaign so the the computer basically just fills in anybody that you don't have filled it always gives you four heroes you always get to like select four and it levels all of them up and whatever regardless of how many players you have so it always kind of feels the same although in single player or if you have less than four you can jump into whatever spot the computer is so you can switch characters all the time and what I was curious about with co-op on this one is since you can do that at any time, like you use the D-pad to swap from Spider-Man to Miles to Captain Marvel or whatever, just by pressing a direction on the D-pad, is it limited to like with the three of you guys playing, only one person can swap at a time, basically, if uh, if your son has Captain Marvel and you want her, he would have to change to someone else and then you swap to her? Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Okay. Yeah, that's what I figured. I just wanted to make sure like you couldn't overwrite somebody uh, like you can just like grab somebody in Mario and uh, throw them into a pit. <laughs> Not that I've no. ever done that before. No, you can't kick them out of the character that they're in. So okay. you kind of have to coordinate like, hey, switch off and then I'll take that character and that kind of thing. So, okay, good. It, it works well enough. But I mean, that's kind of the basics of the game, right? It's this four player co-op or, you know, four player with computer. Um, and it's just a beat em up and it's all Marvel heroes. And there's a ton of 
them too. There's like it's like 30, 30 I something. I want to say there are 30 at release and then there are going to be 50 through the DLC. I think Data Error said that there was data mining that showed that there were 50 slots for DLC characters. Like not 50 total like there are normal but 50 DLC characters. So uh, we can expect a pretty much the entire Marvel universe in this one. That's a lot. So It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the basic premise of the game. But, you know, I just want to say this game is like, it's like junk food. Like, it's not a good game. It's not good in the way that I would normally measure a game is where I think I land on it. Because I like it, and I can recommend it in a lot of circumstances. But if you objectively try to measure it, it's not a good game, I don't think. No, and this is one of those games that, I'm like you, that's the perfect analogy. This is junk food gaming. Like, this isn't even like you sit and play Mario for a weekend gaming. Like, you, when you just sit you know how it is when you sit and play Mario or a platformer like that all weekend where it's it's silly fun gaming, but you don't consider it like junk food so much. This one, you're right. It is junk food gaming. It's uh, there's something that that sitting on the couch with this one. When you, when I read your analogy, what I thought of was like there's something about sitting on the couch with this one. It's like eating movie theater candy. It's like, you know, that it's not really good. You're sitting in the theater, eating it, watching the movie, and it makes the whole experience better just because because you're enjoying yourself watching whatever it is and just eating this candy like that it's not good candy but it's just cheap candy yeah it's yeah, cheap but expensive candy it's a good way to put it i mean it's it's it is what it is right and it it kind of yeah. knows that it doesn't try to sell itself as anything else it's not like maybe a good analogy here is another marvel game so like spider-man right when it came out last year <laughs> it was like this game is redefining what superheroes can do in a game and yes it makes you feel like spider-man through and through it has this whole cohesive thing throughout it it has an amazing story it ties together all aspects of the superhero it's just like it is AAA gaming at its best. Like that's it an really amazing is. game. This is not anywhere close to that. This isn't. This is like a double A game. This is maybe like a single A game, right? But if right. you just want to go around and beat up a ton of bad guys and fight against like Marvel bad guys that you know as Marvel characters and have this huge roster to choose from. Like, this is the game for it. Like, it's perfect for that. This, th I'm playing this one with the same mindset that I usually approach a Lego game, where, like, Mar Lego Marvel superheroes I loved, and a lot of it was just being able to go smash stuff as my favorite Marvel characters. It's like I could get Kamala Khan in Marvel superheroes too, and just go uh, to smash everything with her. And that was fun for me, fly around the city as Magneto or whatever. And that's what I'm getting out of this one, except there's... A story to it that is still equally silly, but not well, not equally silly. Very little is equally silly to Lego movies and Lego games, but it, it's still just this silly, like you said, junk food game. And it's the kind of game that in any other context, if this had been any other game or approached it differently, I don't know what it is. I paid $60 for this. This is not a $60 game. Except I don't feel bad for paying $60 because I've had so much fun that I feel like if I had bought this last year and I wasn't like in the mood for exactly what this was, I'd be like, I can't, I can't, I would be like, I can't believe that I paid $60 for this game. But as it stands, it's worth it. That like our very first episode, that kind of subjective value of games, this one is worth it because it is just ridiculously fun, 
even though the quality of the game doesn't necessarily mean that it's a $60 purchase under normal circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what you're paying for is the Marvel skin on top of it. Yeah. Because, like, that Marvel skin goes a long way towards making this an enjoyable game. You know, if you are a type of person that you love beat-em-up games or hack-and-slash games, and you want, like, an ultra-polished, amazing AAA, you know, a hack-and-slash or beat-em-up just for the sake of a beat-em-up type of game, this isn't it. Like, don't buy this game for that. That is not why you buy this game. <laughs> no. Um, you know, you want this game is a game you pick up because you're looking for a decent enough beat up game that has tons of Marvel characters and co- couch co-op. Like, if that's what yeah. you want, 100%, go get this game. If you just want a good beat up in general, there are so many other choices out there. And that's literally why I bought it. When they announced this and I first saw it, I now let me preface this by saying I've never played the original two that on the PS2 and I realized this weekend that they actually did a re-release of Ultimate Alliance and Ultimate Alliance 2 for the 360 and the Xbox One, PS3 and PS4 that they've done a collection on Xbox One and PS4 and then they actually did re-releases of them on Xbox 360 and PS3 so you can grab the first two very cheap in different places but it's but I've never played any of those and so I'm going into this and when they announced it I saw Captain Marvel I saw Kamala and I saw Spider-Gwen and I was like great my wife and I are going to have so much fun on co-op with this like that was from the beginning I knew I was buying it solely because of the Marvel skin because my wife and I could play with our favorite characters and smash things that was entirely the reason I bought it and I am not disappointed in it at all yeah I mean if you replace you know my kids in that sentence in place of what you were talking about for your wife I'm basically in the same spot like it has a Marvel skin and my kids and I are all like into Marvel at the moment and I wanted to play it with them and they wanted to play it with me. So it is a really great low key couch co-op game. And I like that about it a lot. I haven't tried the multiplayer online at all. Have you? Okay. No, I didn't. Uh, I was going to this weekend. I think that some of us on Slack were going to try to get together. And then I know time got away from me that I never got a chance to set anything up, like hop into a Discord channel and uh, line up, but uh, line something up. But I'm going to, I know, because it, it would be fun. And like, you know, without that skin and without like the casual co-op there, there's not a whole lot of games that I would be willing to pay the money for and not just bounce off of hard. Like the only other one I can think of is Star Wars. Like if you give me a Star Wars game with like 50 or 100 Star Wars characters, that's just to beat them up. I'm going to buy it whether or not I want yeah. to. Like that's just how I am. Um, but besides Star Wars, like this is the only circumstance I could think of that I'm going to buy a game of this quality. But a lot of it is also that couch co-op just goes so far, you know, like. I knew that I was going to play it with my kids. Without that aspect, I might have bounced after the first gameplay session or two because the co-op, especially like the couch co-op, is really what's making it for me. And for me, it's super weird because this is the kind of game that I didn't expect myself to spend as much time with because I usually can't do mindless action beat-em-up. And at least alone, I can do it, but it's why I always bounce off of Diablo and uh, action RPGs like that. But this one, I keep going, and I really can't say why. That it surprises me that I am because I would normally bounce completely 
completely off of this and only want to play it when I have someone to play it with. But this one, I'm like, you know, I'm having a good time. It's it's pretty, and that's part of it. Like there are certain levels where, uh, like the there's one where you're in dark dimension, and it's really pretty. Even though I don't like fighting in that one, I did not like that level at all. But I kept going because it did weird things with the camera, like just silly stuff like that has kept me going. And normally it would just completely, I would disregard it. Yeah, I mean, okay, so we should talk about some of the things that are just like bad about the game. Okay, well, I have a question first. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that we got to point out. But yeah, oh, yeah there go for are. it. So I have a question. Have you played the first two of these? No. Because I come in with, with no expectations on this. And I never played this or the X-Men games that they had made like it either. Yeah, no, I'm in the same spot. Okay. I didn't know if you were able to compare this to those or not, because this is a completely fresh take for me. Yeah, me too. So I have like no preconceived notions except for the fact that I've been playing video games for my entire life. But you right. know, we'll put that aside. Um, so I don't want to like dwell on any of this, but I do think we should point it out just because like if you're on the fence about the game, you should hear about these things that like obviously I know that they're bad. And despite this, I'm liking the game. So the game needs better UI all around like UI and UX. They're just bad. Like the way that you interact with menus, find things within a menu, even know how to, it took me like 20 minutes knowing, trying to figure out where to even like use these experience cubes on characters because I knew I had picked them up and I didn't know how to apply them. And it's just like little stuff all over the place. The UI is just like bad all around. And trying to upgrade abilities is what got me. I was able to use the cubes just fine. Uh, I think I may have hit the button by accident and it popped it up first. But it was finding the abilities to upgrade because I keep wanting to cycle through characters with L and R. And I can't because that takes you to different screens on different characters. And for some reason, I just get baffled by where I'm at in these menus. It's not enough to really even put me off from doing it because I'm still in there editing them and messing with the team all the time. But it's a little annoying where I'm just like, man, I want to hit L for this to be able to go back to Captain Marvel. Yeah. And I mean, there's other stuff with upgrades, too. Like, I wish they had more interesting upgrades that actually changed the way you played or modified the power somehow. But it's really just a matter of picking, Okay, here's four powers. Which one do you want to make more powerful? Or here's a giant grid of just stats. Which stat are you going to increase? Like, it's not fun upgrading. It's just upgrading. Um, so that could be better. They have a challenge mode in the game that is not like integrated that well. It's this whole other idea. Like I wish it was seamlessly integrated. Those infinity challenges. Yeah, but- I love the idea of these. Like you find these rifts throughout every level. Like every level has a single rift that you find to open up, and then you can unlock more the different challenges and trials by just playing the game and doing these interrupts your game and when you finish that you have to go back to the main menu and then go to uh go back into your game like it resets the game when you either pass or fail this trial and i don't understand why they've done that why they couldn't just put you back in your place like other games do that you go into a a second level and then you get popped back out where you are that's yeah. a, it's a weird bit of programming that that I don't understand why they did. It's a strange decision. But I mean, they do other weird things with like failing and save states and stuff, too. Like you don't care if you fight through a whole section and then you die right at the end before you get to the next. It's called a shield point, but it's basically a checkpoint. Um, you don't get any of that progress. Like it all goes away. 
And that feels like a huge oversight. Like if you just did all of this work to get character progress and you leveled up, to have that taken away just feels bad. Like that's just a bad choice on their part that they did that as part of the game. I didn't know that. I don't honestly think I've ever died on anything but a boss fight. So when... I didn't know that that happened. Every time that I've died, it's been either restart the restart the fight, go back to the last checkpoint, or go back to the last shield point, which are actually in different places. And when you leave the game and come back, you only come back at shield points, which I didn't realize, where I actually lost progress because I decided to stop one night and go back to Dragon Quest Builders 2, but it had just gotten to a place that said checkpoint. So I removed the cartridge. I went back to uh, Dragon Quest, and the next morning I came in, and I was way further back than I thought and I was like what happened and I realized that that was when I learned that it only saves your game technically at the shield points yeah it's not clear about any of that messaging no and it's not clear about a lot of things like I know we talked about the UI part but there's also something to be said for just understanding what's even happening on the screen like the screen gets so busy and I don't know if this is as true in single player like I did a little bit of single player on my own when the kids were in bed and I didn't feel like this as much but when you're actually playing it multiplayer there are so many things happening on the screen that it is just insanely hard to keep track of and yes that could use a big improvement and part of it here is maybe that i'm spoiled by final fantasy 14 because it has some of the best telegraphing of enemy attacks ever in any game and i've been playing that game lately this game doesn't have like any kind of telegraphs for enemy attacks so things will just come out of nowhere it feels like and just destroy you and there is one fight that that this is, is going to be a minor Strange? A minor spoiler, yeah, it doesn't matter. This game is not about spoilers, y'all. No, it's not uh, at all. You fight Doctor Strange in the Dark Dimension, and then you fight Dormammu after that. Okay, so Doctor Strange is the hardest fight that I've had. Like, I had been able to beat everything up until this point without dying with all four of my characters. At least one of them was alive, and I was able to beat the game, beat the boss. Doctor Strange came up, and it was the telegraph issue that I was having. Some of the ads that he summons give small telegraphs. Some of the attacks that they use don't. But And some of his attacks give telegraphs. And even though they telegraph it, even though they give you the attack that's coming and you know it, you cannot avoid it. If you are close to him or if you are in the middle of performing an action at that point, you have lost your opportunity to do that. And you are then stuck being hit six times and draining your entire health bar or getting killed because you weren't at full health. And it's absurd. Like I got so mad, like so ragey mad. And I'm here alone, thank goodness, or my wife would have told me to stop playing the game. But I got so ragey mad that that and this doesn't happen very often anymore because I usually just turn the difficulty down and I had that option but I said no I could not bring myself to turn the difficulty off of mighty onto friendly don't know why I said it on discord that I have no idea why I chose the Doctor Strange hill to die on but I did and I was not going to pass that point until I got past it um, and I finally beat it because I had to use all of my XP cubes and level up uh, Captain Marvel from 22 to 28 and then that gave me enough to uh, to beat it And but it's because of the tele 
telegraphing. It's like I would be hitting him, and all of a sudden I would see fire coming out of the ground. By the time my character finished the attack that they were doing, I was caught in the lava and couldn't move and dodge out of the way. And it's really frustrating. Like, I hate that fight. Dormammu was the same way for me, but uh, I beat it on the first try by a miracle. Like, I <laughs> well, did not think I was going to. There's part of the thing that you're running into here is something that I think is a lot more evident on the multiplayer side is that the difficulty in this game is very spiky and Mm -hmm. it's bad. Like the difficulty ramp in this game is horribly designed. Um, I did notice when I switched over to single player, if I was playing through stuff, it felt a lot cleaner. So I don't know if they're doing things where it's like level scaling or difficulty scaling to how many players are on the screen, or Maybe. if it's simply something that it's just harder to coordinate multiple real people than it is to coordinate yourself with the computers when you're controlling all of them. It could honestly be either one. But That's you true. said that you're playing on the normal difficulty, which is called like Mighty or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm playing on Mighty, and I think it's friendly that that's the other one. And I usually start games on whatever normal is and then downgrade it when it gets to be not fun. This is the first time in a long time that I can remember. It's like, I'm not having fun, but I'm going to beat it. And it's, ugh. We did friendly from the beginning because I was playing with my kids. We still died on almost every single boss in the game multiple times. Like, it is just super hard to coordinate with and you know part of it is just playing with kids but like they want this game to be played by lots of people including parents with kids like there's no question about it just because of the theming of the game like they need to figure out the difficulty ramp because we wouldn't have any problem with anything until we get got to a boss and then we would just get destroyed and this happened like i said almost every single boss of the game this has happened so you know and then i would go and play it single player and i'd be like oh i defeated it first try no problem so i don't know what's going on there but there's something weird with the difficulty ramp and and i mean it could be that they're kids and that the computer or well like you said you're playing with kids and it could be that they're kids playing a game because they're not as skilled as you are and they may not be as skilled as the computer and it does that too no, i no, mean no. the computer doesn't do anything like i watched because i've been playing with the kids right so when i switched right. over to one, like single player the computers don't they attack like one-fifth as often as a human player they look like they're standing there doing nothing they almost never use any of their attacks or their special abilities so i don't know why it's so much easier when it's single player but it definitely is yeah i don't know then because i mean i get that they use some of them but yeah they don't use them nearly as often as a human player uh doing that this i do because i'm constantly running out of uh, energy for everything Yeah, me too. And then I guess the last thing that's like really a pain point for me in this game is that there's no shared experience between all the characters, which it hurts because you get to level six, which is like almost right at the beginning of the game. It's like the first half an hour of the game. You hit a shield point where you're level six and you unlock like all of the core Avengers and all of the main characters that you would expect to be able to play as throughout this game. So I'm talking about like Wolverine and Hulk and Spider-Man and Captain America and like, right, like the core team that you're expecting. Iron Man and Captain Marvel and you've got all of the Guardians of the Galaxy at that point. And this is 10 minutes in. I mean, this this isn't a spoiler for y'all. No, this is right near the beginning of the game when you really first get access to a character roster instead of being like, you know, railroaded into four characters. Yeah, you were playing the two tutorial before that right so as soon as this happens you're like oh amazing these open up for me and then you're like oh i can play these as i go throughout the game 
What you don't understand right away is that characters only level up and get experience if you're playing as them. So within half an hour or an hour after that point, you have already out-leveled the characters that you just unlocked. And if you really want to use those characters, you're going to have to go back and replay huge chunks of the game to level them up. Yes. And that is really frustrating to do because they're going to be a weak point. One of the reasons I lost the Doctor Strange fight was because I was actually working on leveling up Kamala to get near my main team. That she was level 14, I think, when I was fighting these, uh, fighting Doctor Strange, and my main characters were 22 to 27. And she just died immediately in the fight. And so I had to go back, restart that part just to be from the shield point, just to be able to change her out because I could not do it, but I was just trying to level her up as I played through rather than have to go back and replay something. Yeah. It's the one thing I found that you can do is if you're, as you're going through the infinity trials that the different, uh, and these are, these are the the special things, the, the challenges, uh, however you want to do it, that you unlock different outfits and stuff like that. And one thing I've learned is they all have a level on them. Like they'll say level 20 or level eight or something like that. And yes, it becomes much, much easier if you do it with a massively overleveled character, but you can also, instead of playing through the entire section of the game, you can use a level appropriate character on that one and they still gain experience through that that lasts, that it doesn't reset after that. So any levels you gain in an Infinity Trial apply to the main game as well, the story part. So you can use them in those and without having to, for something that may last three minutes as opposed to something that lasts half an hour to go through the full levels. Yep, so that's kind of a silver lining to it. Um, I guess the the really last thing, I promise, that's a nitpick, is the camera. Like, the camera is so bad in this game. And it's better in the single player, but as soon as you play multiplayer, you lose all camera control. It just does whatever it wants to do, and it is brutal. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, I know Troidal Power on Discord has been complaining about the camera, that he says that he didn't like the game at first because he was playing it in co-op and was like, this camera is the worst. And it is, yeah. I, I haven't seen it. Like, he figured out a way, and he doesn't even know how he did it, to make it act a little bit better. He says he doesn't know what he did, but he hopes it stays that way. And so I haven't played co-op yet, so I have not experienced this particular pain yet. But I'm pretty sure that my wife and I are going to get very frustrated at it. Yeah, I mean, we've had points where the camera got stuck behind a wall, so we could no longer see anything that was happening on the screen. Like, there are camera bugs that are so bad, I don't know how they got through QA, and we run into them, I feel like, probably once or twice every single session that we sit down and play co-op. Yeah, I've had problems during boss fights where the camera will get stuck, Even and this is just me, and I've kept it on heroic camera, which means it's zoomed in instead of having the isometric up top view. So heroic camera lets you control the camera however you want, and I really like this. And so, but the camera, like, basically has a physical object in the game where it'll get stopped by rocks or walls or something but I've gotten it stuck in a corner before and then my characters run beneath the camera and so I can't see anything until I swap characters and uh, let that other character move out of the way and let the camera swivel around to target Spider-Gwen as opposed to uh, Peter or whatever. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you did mention as we were talking about this that they might fix some of this with patches or there's DLC coming and all of that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, this game, as we're recording this, is four days old. That it was released on Friday and we're recording this on Tuesday. This is not a game that uh, has even had a week under its public life. Like we're talking about this stuff in what feels like a beta game. And I know that it's been very much overdone for people to say that we're paying uh, we're paying a premium price to beta test people's games and then get updates as they go. That's what this really feels like. But... It's a lot of fun, and there's I expect lots of patches for this game. That with the DLC with up to 50 characters, I mean, I actually bought the DLC pass for this game after having played it for about two hours. I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna want all these characters. I and it's got extra stories, like, I know I'm gonna want it, I'm having enough fun. So, and that was with the more frustrating end of it not having played enough to get used to anything that I was still being frustrated by some of these things. And I still decided like, yeah, I'm going to go toss them the 20 bucks. I want to play it. And I know I'm going to play this more. So this is not stuff that is game breaking. This is not something that honestly kept either of us away. Oh um, no, not at all. Like I a hundred percent stand by all of the criticism that we just gave the game. I yep. still am loving this game. Like, we're having so much fun, and I'm specifically having fun because of the couch co-op mode. Like, I've played a little bit here and there when my kids are in bed just because I'm like, I should level up some of our characters or, like, get us ready for the next session. But I'm really, truly just playing this game with my kids, and it is amazing for that. Like, I was thinking about it. It's been a really long time since I had a good couch co-op game that we could just go to and play. And this one fits the mold. So if you want a couch co-op game and you're a Marvel fan, um, I can I can recommend this like without a hesitation. And one of the things that I really love about this, and like you said, in that same vein of having a good couch co-op game, is that Jennifer and I used to sit around and play Disney Infinity together. And lo and behold, it was the Marvel Disney Infinity that we played the most. We played Marvel and The Incredibles because my wife, as we said in a, one of our very first episodes, she likes the smashy smashy. And so that's what she says. And so we played a bunch of that together. And when we moved into a PS4, we haven't been getting out Disney Infinity on the PS3 or anything. And we haven't played it very much at all. And this is that kind of game. This is exactly that kind of fairly simplistic game that you can go through and have a really good time with. And that's what I'm really looking forward to doing with her. And I enjoyed Disney Infinity for the same thing. I enjoyed the combat and playing around with all the different characters. And that's what I'm getting out of this game, too. Yeah, and I'm, this would be great to just have on hand for if family comes to visit or you have friends over that aren't gamers or you have, you know, your nephews or nieces or cousins or, I mean, kids, obviously, I've talked about that part already. But, like, <laughs> any of those kind of circumstances, this is a perfect game for that type of thing. Yeah, I'm totally playing this with my nephew the next time he comes over. We're going to be able to sit the three of us and play superheroes, and it's going to be great because he's super into them. Super into them. Like he's very into superheroes and got and went to see Far From Home before us. So it's going to be great for him to play this with us. It's wonderful in those regards. Yes. Yeah, so we are recommending you a bad game because it's great. 
basically. Yes, that's yeah. pretty much it. That's the quote for the episode, by the way. We're <laughs> recommending you a bad game because it's great. Um, uh, okay, I love before that. we jump off this, because I know we got to talk about MCU also, um, I have to know, what is your core party? Who's your core four superheroes that you keep going back to? Okay, I have three that I keep going back to. That my main ones are Spider-Gwen, Captain Marvel, and Deadpool that I really love those three. They all do something that I really like. Like Deadpool has the the grenades that he throws everywhere like confetti. Just absolutely love them. Captain Marvel is a beast. Like she destroys everything. Like she is so unbelievably strong with all of her attacks. And Spider-Gwen is the best of the spider people, I think, because she has massive AoE capability that protects her from damage while she's animating and uh, it's just frame skip stuff that's great. And then I alternate the fourth spot between Peter Spider-Man, Venom, and Ms. Marvel right now. I've tried others. Like I like Psylocke and Night crawler well enough i like dr strange zero like i went through a lot trying to like him and i just couldn't make myself like him but uh, i every time i get somebody new i try them a little bit but i stuck more with ms marvel spider-man and venom as the cool. th- as the fourth party member what about you yeah so i'm we're actually not that far off for some of our choices which is kind of interesting um but basically we landed on three characters that the three of us really like to play and then the fourth one we kind of came to a consensus as a group because as you die you'll just automatically go to that fourth character so it had to be something that we were all okay with basically oh yeah yeah so um my son has been venom consistently ever since we got venom and he's loving it and he's really good with venom yeah Um, venom is a beast he is so strong he does a lot of damage and then uh, my daughter kept jumping between characters so it depends on like when you asked but now she's pretty much settled on ms marvel and ms marvel is really cool and so um my daughter had just read i think it's called marvel rising which is a graphic novel um it's not like a kid kid graphic novel it's kind of like a young adult type of graphic novel one um you know those like middle grades and i have it sitting though over there on my nightstand because i told her i would read it after she finished it have you i think you'll really like it yeah i've read a well i've read a lot of the the marvel rising stuff it's kind of a a brand that they have now where there is a marvel rising tv show with spider gwen ms or ms marvel captain marvel and uh, squirrel girl and so it's really cool like the stuff i've read the comics i've read and the cartoons i've seen are really really well done so i think you're gonna like it so I think that's where she got introduced to Ms. Marvel. I know Squirrel Girl was in it too, but I haven't seen Squirrel Girl in this game yet. So No, I haven't yet. No. Um, so yeah, my daughter's been playing Ms. Marvel, and then I am playing Spider-Gwen because just like you, I think she's the most interesting of the spider people. I just, I love Spider-Gwen as a character, and her moveset yep. is awesome, and I love playing as her. It's fantastic. Like, I like all of her powers a lot. So that's our core three. And then... Through trial and error, we eventually landed on Scarlet Witch as our fourth Mm -hmm. because she has a lot of good support abilities and she also has range because none of our other characters have fantastic range attacks. Nope. Um, Spider-Gwen has a couple that kind of could double as range, but they're not primarily that. And Scarlet Witch is like all range attacks. And there are just some times where things are just out of your reach and it's so much easier to have a ranged character to switch to. And she's really powerful, too, like just really good and fun to play. She was going to be my fourth, 
for a very long time. And then as I experimented with the others, she got de-leveled. Well, not de-leveled. I out-leveled her. And it's that thing that we were talking about before where I'd have to go back and do basically grinding to get her into my main four. So I'm going to wait and play it as, you know, me and Jennifer go through different levels with different characters of different of different levels, I guess. Um, but she's great. She is one of my main picks that I can't play. <laughs> yeah, which, again, that's an unfortunate part of the leveling system, but it happens. But yeah, and like, the she's... reason I think they do that is because of um, because of replayability. I mean, this is the game that wants you to replay it. There is a new game plus when you beat it, and Data Error said that there is a new game plus plus after you beat that. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, we landed on Scarlet Witch because she has really good support abilities. She's the, one of the only characters I found that can actually heal other characters. So that's really cool. That's um, awesome. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's like there's not a whole lot of healing in this game. So the fact that she can do that like on mass is awesome. And then she also has this like AOE that you can steer around and you can like move it wherever it's going to do the most damage. So yeah, I don't know. She's just a good support character. Oh, man, that is awesome, because one of the reasons I love Deadpool so much is because of his regeneration, and that's why Wolverine was actually going to be one of mine that I level up next to, uh, because he regenerates, and if Scarlet Witch heals, it's like, man, I know who I'm leveling up next. (laughs) Yeah, she's good. Okay, so there you go. There's our good, bad, great recommendation for a game. It's very mixed, but also thumbs up, I guess. Yeah, thumbs up, definitely. I don't know if it's two thumbs up, but it's definitely one and maybe a half because it's a bad game, but it's really, really good. Yes. Um, And the voices are weird. Like, I have no problem with most of the voices. They have the PS4 Spider-Man playing uh, Spider-Man, which is just awesome because now he is Spider-Man to me. And uh, even with Tom Holland there, this guy is so good as Peter. And But some of them, like Jessica Jones, are so different from what I'm used to. It's like Kristen Ritter is always going to be Jessica Jones. And this Jessica is kind of happy. And I'm like, no, who are you, Jessica Jones? That's that's not what you should be at all. Like some of the voices really work and they're like, yeah, that's what Thor in a comic book would sound like. And some of them just remove me entirely. It's like, why would they cast that person as a voice actor? Where have you been taken out by voice acting? I honestly haven't heard any of the voice acting. I'm It's couch co-op. Like we're just yelling at each other the whole time in a fun uh, way. Like I don't. We don't really hear the story unless there's a cutscene and we stop attacking things. That's fair. I understand that. Playing alone, I did. <laughs> I, I paid a lot more attention to the story. Yeah, I don't know what the story is except for everything that happened in the cutscene. That's all I know. That's fair. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um. So before we jump over to the MCU, let's do a quick break for our Geeky Off for the week. Um. This week, I want to remind you guys that we have a Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and sign up to support us. It would be really fantastic if you would do that. Uh, it helps keep us on the air. You know, it's one of those things where we pay for hosting costs, that kind of thing with it. Uh, you can get really cool rewards like getting your own discord role as a patron saint of geekery some reddit flair Uh, you can even tell us what you want episodes to be about uh which is really really cool stuff and we'll talk about things if you want us to uh you can go to that at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast around the network this week 
not a lot of episodes have come out since I last recorded. So I do know that Geek to Two did an episode all about that was like a guide to Comic Con, which was super interesting to listen to. Um, Joe interviewed someone. Ray wasn't on that episode, um, but that was sweet. Um, and then, of course, as always, tea time with Katie and Chelsea. Um, and sometimes Rob, I know there's an episode coming out soon. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's kind of part of the fun is not knowing what it's going to be when it comes from Rob. And then Capsule J is streaming Tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern, sometimes on Thursdays and weekends. And then Troidal is streaming on Thursdays and sometimes randomly after dinner. Um, what do we have for the Geekery this week? On the Geekery, we have Austin's Dragon Quest Quest, where he is talking about his initial impressions of Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, we also recorded a Dragon Quest FM podcast about that, where we talk about Dragon Quest Builders 2. And this Friday, we'll have an episode on Dragon Quest Builders 2, because it is a crazy good game and the first Builders game that I've ever truly loved. Um, and 13th Story is still moving and hasn't been able to write anything. But y'all can check that out at geekdeekmedia.com slash geekery. And then you could also subscribe to our newsletter at slash subscribe. Sweet. So this is where we would normally do our weekly geekery, but we're pushing that off a week because San Diego Comic-Con happened and the Marvel MCU on re- a Marvel MCU, the MCU, um, revealed a ton of stuff that's coming up. They basically announced not all of Phase 4, but a ton of Phase 4. So we want to talk through some of this. We're going to gloss over huge parts of this because we could honestly pull out any one of these and probably speculate for an entire episode, and I don't want to edit for multiple, multiple hours tonight. Um, so yeah, we're going to go fair. kind of quick in terms of how many things there are here. Um, but before we get into like the nitty-gritty, I was just going to run through the whole thing once, unless there's anything you want to say up front. Up front? Nah, we'll talk about individual ones. We've got those highlighted. I think that'll be cool. Okay, so let's talk uh, movies really quick first. So um, this is going to be in order of release here. So May of 2020 is the Black Widow movie. November of 2020 is the Eternals movie. February of 2021 is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, May of 2021 is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is the sequel to Doctor Strange. And then uh, November of 2021 is Thor, Love and Thunder, which I have a lot of thoughts about. But that's kind of the movies in release order. Everything else that they uh, unveiled in release order here would be for fall of this year, or sorry, fall of next year, fall of 2020, is The Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. Um, spring of 2021 is WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. And then spring of 2021 is also Loki on Disney+. Plus. Um, soon after that, on summer of that same year in 2021, is What If series, like a whole Marvel What If on Disney+. Plus. So excited about that one. I'm so excited about that one. That yep. was one of my favorite comics ever. And just when I saw that, and that it's got, like, I think his name's Jeffrey Wright playing The Watcher, was like, I'm good. Um, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be one of my favorites. I know it right now. Yep. And then um, fall of 2021 is Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. So basically the name of the game there is if it's not a movie, it's a streaming show on Disney+. Plus. And then they also announced the next three slots for projects. So February of 2022 and then May of 2022 and July of 2022. But all of those are just untitled projects. So that's kind of the shape of what we're looking at. Um, the other main thing that they announced was that Although they don't have dates yet, um, Kevin Feige revealed that Marvel's working on sequels for Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and Guardians of the Galaxy. And they also said a Fantastic Four film will be introduced sometime in Phase 4, even though it's not here in this list yet, and so will a Blade film. So that is a ton of information that came out of that one panel at San Diego Comic-Con. 
and they announced casting for Blade. Uh, I think his name's Marshala Ali. He's won an Academy Award, I think, twice, maybe. Emmy, maybe. He, he's a very, very good actor and, and award-winning actor. I can't wait to see him. Like he is a fantastic. He's gonna be a fantastic Blade, and I don't like Blade. Okay. I don't know how to react to that. I mean, Blade's kind of whatever to me, too. Yeah, it's like, I don't like vampires, so I'll watch it because I love that actor, but eh, I'm Blade. I think I'm okay with vampires. I just don't think that they need to be in a superhero universe, so it's, I don't know. You know, I'm committed enough to the MCU. I'll watch it at some point, but I'm not thrilled about it. I'd rather talk about the things on this list that are thrilling to me. (laughs) So Right, let's do that. Yeah, I, I really, really am so excited about Thor. Thor 4, because yes. like Thor Ragnarok, as much as I think Thor 2 is one of, if not the weakest movie in the entire MCU, and as much as I didn't really like the first Thor movie, Thor 3, Thor Ragnarok that is, is my favorite movie of the MCU. Like Absolutely. It's, it's amazing. And this announcement of the next Thor movie, so Thor 4, called Love and Thunder, is by the same director producer i don't know if he's a producer he's like the writer director right is taika watiti did did he write i'm not sure i think i thought he was just director maybe he did write i'm not sure well it was definitely like under his stewardship that ragnarok happened and he is in charge of the next one and it is going to have natalie portman as thor and that makes me so excited like i'm I'm so everything on this list that one has me the most pumped up When I saw the picture, Jennifer had sent me the picture of Natalie Portman on stage with the hammer, and I was just like, oh my goodness, this is going to be fantastic doing the the Lady Thor. I'm so excited about this because I haven't read that arc, but I'm really glad to see that they're bringing Natalie Portman back and bringing Jane back after they had such a kerfluffle with with Patty Jenkins uh, and Thor 2. So I'm super excited for her to come back cuz I really like Natalie Portman and I really like Jane and this is and it's Taika Waititi, so I'm I'm all around excited about this. Yeah, I'm so so excited for that movie and I have read a bunch of that run. I didn't read the entire right. thing, but I understand the premise enough to know that they won't be able to fit it into the MCU exactly as it's written. So I'm super excited to see like what gymnastics they do to make it fit into the the MCU that we know. Yeah, I was curious about that too because I know enough about the comics to know that it's not what the MCU is and I'm like how is this going to happen? I'm really curious, but I'm I believe in them and I believe in Taika. I believe that he is going to knock this out of the park after Thor 3, after Ragnarok, just absolutely. Yeah, and there's a bunch on here that are just like question marks for me. Like I don't know how to feel yet. So like the Black Widow movie. Like I hope it's right. good. But after what happened in Endgame, which I'm not gonna do Endgame spoilers here, just in case you haven't seen it yet, you probably should if you're into this kind of thing. Um, but after what happened in Endgame, I'm really not sure what they're gonna get out of a Black Widow movie. I'm sure they'll make it fit into the universe and I'm sure there's a reason they're doing it. But as of where we're sitting right now at this point in time, I'm just kinda like uh, you know, like maybe maybe and it and it's set after civil war like that is where they've said that this one was set so they said the villain will be taskmaster so details are slowly coming out and this is i think it's going to be really good because given how everything else in the mcu has happened up to this point i expect this to be a character movie 
that while this is going to be an action movie, yes, absolutely, it's an action movie because it's a Black Widow movie. Uh, I see this one as being real, as being one that will really flesh out those characters who are in it. And because of the way Taskmaster works, I think that it's going to drive them into more characterization rather than full on action. Yeah, I could see that happening. So, I mean, we'll see you with the Black Widow movie. Um, the Another one that jumps out to me is Doctor Strange, the second one, which right. I assume you and I are probably feeling differently about it. What did you think about that announcement? I'm crazy excited. Oh, This is okay. one of them that I am the most excited for on the list. That surprises me. Really? Yeah, I didn't think you liked it that much, the first one. I- I liked it. And re-watching it, I, liked, I remembered how much that I liked it. Okay. Um, when we did our rewatch and Jennifer and I have talked about this and I may have talked about it with you as well, that Dr. Strange was a good origin movie, but that's what it was a good origin movie. Everything else Dr. Strange has been in. I like him as a character 10 times more when he is already Dr. Strange. Like when he is Stephen Strange, Dr. Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme doing everything, being uh, just being snarky all the time. Love him and everything else. So I can't wait for him to have his full movie as Dr. Strange without having to worry about the without having to worry about all of the origin stuff and learning how to be that character. Yeah. So I'm excited because it's well documented that I don't like origin movies anymore for like superheroes i just think that they're so overdone and i'm i'm over it out of all of the like superhero origin movies in the mcu my absolute favorite one is doctor strange and i've watched it multiple times despite it being a superhero origin that i feel like i'm done with those in general i still like that movie despite it so i think i'm in the same spot that you are i'm just excited to see the character more fully formed and I love the title. Like I like how they're moving into a more comic booky tone with the MCU now, where we had the Winter Soldier, we had Civil War, and we had this grit, right? We had that part of the MCU. Now we're moving into the Ragnarok and Infinity War and Endgame, where you're getting into more of the cosmic comic booky type stuff, and the titles are reflecting that. I mean, we've got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We've uh, we've got Thor, Love and Thunder. We've got Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, where these are definitely leaning into the, the comic book background for them which well, the Eternals I'm, also right I mean that's I don't know cosmic anything level. about the, I, know, I don't know anything about the Eternals I only know enough to know that there are cosmic level things going on and I think I just won't even look up anymore because I'd rather walk into that one fresh without any expectations yeah because that's where I am with the Eternals like that is all I know is that they deal with cosmic stuff like I don't know the characters in the Eternals that that's one that I don't know Shang-Chi either that I know nothing about him I know nothing about the character the stories that have been told all I know is that Jung from Kim's Convenience one of my maybe my favorite character in the show was cast as Shang-Chi and I'm in day one because of that like I love him he's great y'all should watch Kim's Convenience and I think you'll want to be in on Shang-Chi at uh, day one too Yeah, I don't know anything about the Eternals or Shang-Chi or what they're going to actually do with the Black Widow movie. It's I'm very like just kind of optimistic, but I'm just going to wait until I see a trailer or something that actually gives me a feel for it before I pass any kind of judgment or decide whether I want to see it in theaters or any of that kind of thing. 
and I expect the slots that they've given with the untitled projects in February, May, and uh, July of 2022, I expect the Black Panther is going to be the February 18th, 2022, because they released the last one in February because it's Black History Month, and I think that's what they're going to do with this one. That wouldn't be surprising. That makes a lot of sense. That's where I expect that one. Yeah, I mean, that... With as much money as it made when it was released during the year, kind of taking that entire quarter of the movies that isn't great and dropping Black Panther into it, I think they'll do it again. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel 2 make complete sense, either one of them to be in May 6th. I don't know if they'll do one on July 29th, having two that close together without it being like Endgame or something, because they're not ending the... They're not going to be ending the phase. So I expect that to be a TV one again to have something showed up. Uh, Or maybe that'll be the Fantastic Four to introduce and maybe that'll be the end of the phase. Yeah, I mean, we'll see where they go with it. Uh, Out of all those ones that don't really have a slot yet, I think I'm probably most excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 just because I like the other ones a lot. Um, and that's one one of the rare MCU movies that my wife will actually like rewatch with me whenever is either of the Guardians movies. So I'm hoping the next one's good, but I know at least she'll go to the theater with me and see it, which is not true for most MCU movies now. Um, Does she like Thor Ragnarok? She hasn't seen it. So I'm hoping okay. that she likes it when we get to it as a family. I hope she does, too, because as much, if she likes the Guardians movies that much, I think she'll really like ragnarok i also really want captain marvel 2 or the sequel also i should say for clarity um because that one i liked the character so much more at the end of the movie when she finally had like emotions you know because so much of that movie it felt like she was supposed to be like an emotionless soldier because that's kind of the role she was playing but i like where it ended and then endgame because endgame had been recorded before had been yeah like shot before yeah um, Captain Marvel was shot it felt like a huge step back for the character so I really want to see the next step for you know Carol Danvers um, but I, we won't get it until this movie basically I'm really sad that they shot Endgame before Captain Marvel because she said she didn't know who the character was yet that that was something they had to do that they were working on but uh, those shots like she hadn't settled on where that character was going to be and I'm one of the the minority who I didn't even rewatching it a few times, I don't see the stilted, emotionless part in the beginning. Uh, so, I, I mean, obviously, I like the end of it better where she's come into her own. And But I just, I can't wait for it because I love what they've done with the character in general. That I was already a fan of Captain Marvel from the comics. And uh, from reading the Ms. Marvel comics actually got me more into to reading about Carol. And so I can't wait for Captain Marvel 2 or whatever they're going to call it. I'm... I don't even know where they're going to go with it because there's so many angles they could do. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, so with Fantastic Four and Blade, which were kind of like an afterthought announcement, I felt like like they were off to the side of everything else. So they Mm -hmm. must be further out based on what we know. Um, I think I probably feel about Fantastic Four the way you feel about Blade. Where you're just like, oh, uh, because I'm I'm just not a fan of Fantastic Four. I never have been. I've tried the movie or movies. I can't even remember at this point. Oh, I've tried no. some of the comics and stuff too, and it's just I they're not interesting at all to me. So 
I hope that they're able to turn me around on it, but I'm not looking forward to that. I didn't like the Fantastic Four until there was a 10 cent issue written by Mark Wade, uh, probably 10 years ago, maybe, maybe even longer than that. And I really liked it that it was the first time that a writer had written the characters like they were people and that they weren't just this comic booky uh clobbering time kind of of people and so i i really started liking them then i started reading more of the comics i read the ultimate fantastic four uh just to to see more of them and i am really excited for Fantastic Four to come in because over the over time after that I've really come to appreciate those characters and I'd like to see what they will do with them in in the MCU and they also said along that same time that we're going to actually get to see mutants when they come in that see, they're going to start talking about for. the term mutant yep I I like X-Men when it's done right and it's very often not done well at all so yes. I, you know, I've tried to go back and watch those movies and I'm just, I, I kind of cringe anytime I try to now. They're just not good. And all of the Which new ones, ones? Have, any of them, like any X-Men movie at this point outside of Logan, basically, um, mm. like they're all just not good. And I really want to see the MCU's take on X-Men and I hope they do it well. So that's, again, we're talking farther out, probably like 2024, 2025, like it might be phase five before we get mutants, but there's all kinds of ways you could bring them into the MCU. Um, One of the fan theories right now is that it's the snap when it brought people back. It like, since it was this huge gamma ray burst, you know, that they talked about, maybe it mutated people or it like activated the X gene that was already in people or something, something like that. Which would make as much sense as anything else in the universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to have I mean, to make up something for mutants. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have some hand wavium on this one regardless, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just excited to see what characters they bring in because they haven't really obviously said anything because it's so far out and they're working on all of the other ones that they have announced, like What If and Thor and and great things that are coming up. But I'm really curious on what X-Men and mutant characters, well, I guess mutant characters, uh, I should say, that they're bringing in because I think they said that they're bringing in Deadpool played by Ryan Reynolds playing a different version of that character. See, I'm okay with that. Out of all of the I'm ones great. they could have carried over, that's the only one that makes sense to me. I'm really happy about it, too, because it fits in with Deadpool. Yes, that exactly. Deadpool is is absolutely a break-the-fourth-wall meta kind of character anyway. And so for him to just be like, hey, guys, I'm not the one you know. I'm 100% okay with that and wish they would put it into the very next movie they make. <laughs> Like, okay. I just want to see it. I want to see that happen in an MCU movie just so that I can see how they handle that. Like, I'm so excited to see Deadpool for no other reason than to see the same actor play the same character for a third unique version of it. Yeah. Because he yeah, played him be... in Wolverine Origins, too. I know. It's crazy. But it it's a good fit. So it'll yeah. work out. So before we jump off the topic, I need to know about your favorite show. We haven't really talked about the streaming ones, and I don't think we have time to go in-depth on all of them, but I think you're psyched about What If, right? Uh, I'm psyched about it, but I'm actually probably more excited about WandaVision because oh, okay. I, want to, I want to know how they're going to do it because I know it's set in the 50s, 
And so they're doing some weird, cool stuff with Wanda's powers and dealing with Vision coming back or something, because I think it is after uh, Infinity War. And so uh, and Monica Rambeau, the little girl from Captain Marvel, is going to be an adult in it. So she uh, she's grown up and she was actually the original Captain Marvel. Uh, she was Captain Marvel for a while and uh, before Carol was Captain Marvel in the comics and it's it's going to be really interesting how they tie everything together and hopefully give Wanda even more of her Scarlet Witch powers. I think this is where we're going to see Wanda really open up because we started to see it as the MCU went on and really saw her about to, you know, pull Thanos apart. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot of what she can do in WandaVision. And I've been excited for that since Age of Ultron. Yeah, I'm, you know, I think I'm going to watch all of these streaming shows. All of them yep. have something in it. Like Falcon Winter Soldier, yes, sure. Like Loki, yep, for sure. What if? I'm very curious what they do with that one. Hawkeye, yep. why not? Um, but WandaVision <laughs> is like the same way for me. Like that's the one that I really want to see. And I love the title of it. Like I've seen a lot of people talk about how it's the worst title ever. And I am so happy they named it what they did. They just made it something silly because it's going to be a wacky show, but not wacky in a bad way. I think that it's going to be their domestic life type of thing. Like there was yeah. that whole comic run of, was it like Vision was the main character? Yeah. But it was Vision and Wanda and they had kids and they had like a normal life and it was weird, but yep. it was an interesting premise. And I think this is the MCU's take on that. And I am all in like that is the reason i'm going to get disney plus for the mcu stuff that's the show that sold me on it for sure that uh loki i'm not terribly interested in because i know it's narrated by tom hiddleston and they've hired a younger loki like it's a, a prequel type story with uh, how i met your mother style narration and I know Katie is going to kill both of us for this because you're like Hawkeye. Okay, it's there. I'm the same way. It's like, I'm glad that they're giving Hawkeye his own show, but I don't care. It's like, I'm z I have zero interest in it, but I'll probably watch it. Because, I mean, I've watched Iron Fist. I'll watch Hawkeye. So they haven't done a ton that's super compelling with Hawkeye in the movies. Like, and... I wish they had done more. They did some things that were impactful that worked for me, for sure. But there were a lot more interesting takes on Hawkeye in the comic runs. Even the ones that I haven't read, I at least know what they've done. And it's like, if they take the show in any of those directions, I think it could be really good. I just want to hear more details before I make any kind of judgment. And I've read none of those and don't really know anything about them. That That is a complete blind spot for me in terms of the comics is Hawkeye. Like, I know he's there. I know of him. I've read comics with him in them. But I don't think I've ever read a single comic book that has a Hawkeye-centric story. So I don't love him, but I'm glad other people do and that they're getting their show. Yes, but for sure. I'll watch it. Like I said, I watched Iron Fist. I'll watch Hawkeye. <laughs> Oh, that's bad. That's really bad. Hey, I mean, it was my favorite of the TV shows. So between good. all of the the shows they've announced for the MCU on Disney Plus, plus all the Disney content you get access to, plus the fact that they're doing Star Wars stuff on there, there's no way that I don't subscribe. Like probably yeah. right away because I'm a sucker for Star Wars and they're gonna have the Mandalorian and then all of this other stuff that's coming. So yeah, you can have my money, Disney. Sure. Yep. I mean, it's gonna be eight ninety nine because they're uh, they're gonna be getting all of us in with a low price point and then raising it in a few years. 
They are they know exactly what they're doing, and I am going to fall into it, but I'm going to fall into it knowing that I'm giving in. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's probably it for this week. Uh, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com and find the invite links in the header, and you can hang out with us that way. And while you're there, you can check all of the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Voin Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. I'll miss you. Hey, geeks. This is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek to Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye! Bye.